Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Roto World Football Podcast. I've already lost count of what number this is, and it's not even the number 10 yet. So that shows my Elon education. Um, this time, it is draft week. This is the first podcast of draft week. I should go ahead and say there will be a second podcast of draft week. After round one, I'll be joined by Raymond Summerlin and Roto Pat recapping everything that happened Thursday night and preparing you for Friday, rounds two and three. Um, and so that should be on your phones or whatever podcast or you consume podcasts on Friday. Um, but tonight, right now, I have the man who basically got me my job. So you guys should direct all hatred towards him. This is Evan Silva of the NFL section of Roto World. Evan, how's everything? Uh, it's going great, Josh. I'm excited for the draft. It's been a kind of quiet offseason comparatively. Um, but it started to pick up in the last two weeks, of course, and um, a lot of excitement for the draft. Yeah, and I honestly wish I had another month left. Um, I feel, you know, this year I've kind of changed it, and this is kind of opening a door, but I, I started paying attention more to big-name prospects this year and focusing a lot more on them than than going through and, and figuring out a full 250, you know, of, of – later round guys that may never get a shot and hoping mm-hmm. that they work out, you know, because I, I think that focusing on prospects that we know will get an opportunity is kind of the way to go with this. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I think it has been an exciting one. I think that the trade certainly changed that because it got stagnant a little bit. But for this podcast, we're going to do a full first round mock draft, one through 31, and maybe throw in a couple of New England Patriots picks in there as well. So I guess the place to start, Evan, is um, with the Los Angeles Rams, which I keep calling them St. Louis Rams, with the L.A. Rams with number one. Is it set in stone at Jared Goff right here? I think they're going to throw us a curveball. And, <laughs> Be <no>. quiet. <laughs> Jared Goff at one, Carson Wentz at two. Let's start talking about the Chargers. Okay. Um, I will say this about the Carson Wentz stuff at two. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that Jeffrey Lurie had a heavy hand in this decision um, because a team owner doesn't just travel with the head coach and general manager to wine and dine 22-year-old quarterbacks unless, you know, he has a major impact on the decision. And I think Doug Peterson has Chase Daniel, Howie Roseman has Sam Bradford, and the owner, which will ultimately trump all of them, has Carson Wentz. Um, Yeah, and I think that if you look at the Eagles roster – they are set up well to 
bring a quarterback along slowly because they don't have a ton of needs. Right. Their their biggest need is cornerback, um, which they will only have one more opportunity to draft another cornerback in the top like 150 picks. Right. I think they're in the 70s somewhere after this. Um, but they're they're in good position now. How it's going to work out with Sam Bradford, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't think they anticipated Sam Bradford throwing a fit. Um, but it's a good way of from, it. <laughs> from from a need standpoint, they're one of the least needy teams in the NFL, and um, I, I thought the move made sense. But right. you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes with Bradford, and will that cause distractions, etc. And I think Wentz needs to speed up his process, just talking about him as a prospect here. I think he gets stuck in the mud a lot, locks on his primary receiver. I know that he's athletic and mobile and all that kind of stuff, but his initial movements aren't, and I think that could be an issue with him in the pocket, avoiding pressure, avoiding disruption. And then quickly, I, th- I think what Howie Roseman, um, not Howie Roseman, excuse me, Jeffrey Lurie saw, was that, hey, how often is this team going to be in the top 10, drafting in the top 10? You know, even when they went seven and nine this year in the last few years, it's what been 11 and five. Um, they were at number 13. Then they did an NBA con, uh, NBA trade and gave away contracts to get up to number eight. Mm-hmm. And then now you end up in number two. Um, so I think he saw this as an opportunity. Okay. Let's move to number three, the San Diego chargers. Um, Evan, where do you have them going at this selection? I have them going with the Forrest Buckner. And this is a team that ranked dead last in football outsiders run defense DVOA last year. You know, they have Corey legit and then not a whole lot else on their defensive line. They did sign Brandon Mebane from Seattle. He's been injured a lot recently. He's old. You know, he's a, he's a guy that he's going to play nose tackle and they need another, um, another guy that can play on the edge on early downs and play inside in their sub package. And DeForest yeah. Buckner, I think, checks all those boxes. I, I, I He may not be as highly rated as Jalen Ramsey, but this is a team that has Phillip Rivers at quarterback. Um, and I think that they have a, a smaller window. And I think that they're going to try to get the player that can help them the most and clear up the biggest need right now. Um. I also have DeForest Buckner here, and I'm not going to call it a lock, but I think that's the odds on favorite. Um, but I will say this. I think we should discuss quickly. A lot of people think offensive tackle is going to be the pick here. And in fact, I think that's the popular selection. Mm-hmm. Just from a, a contract standpoint, for this year, what you're saying is they're maybe one of their windows to win if they are going to win at all. Um, I mean, they're already spending money, a lot of money, on those other two tackles. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure if that fits from that regard. Yeah, I mean, I think that people just look at the performance of the Chargers offensive line last year, which was putrid. And they were all and, injured, right? Yeah, all, all the guys got injured. The only guy that didn't get injured was Barksdale, and they brought him back, and he'll, he'll be their right tackle. But King Dunlap was hurt. DJ Fluker was hurt. Orlando Franklin was hurt. Chris Watt, their center, was hurt. Right. I think they might draft a center uh, maybe in the second round. Yeah, I, I don't think that Chris Watts the answer, but uh, their offensive line. I mean, they going into last season, their offensive line looked pretty good on paper, like yeah. league average at worst. And uh, again, I mean, I, <clears throat> if they just get some better injury luck up front, I think that they can have at least a passable offensive line. So let's move to number four now with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think they're going to take. Well, 
I think number one on their board is Jalen Ramsey, right? And then there's even mm-hmm. been talk now of Joey Bosa because of all the issues they have at the edge rushing spot. If what I've been told is correct, um, and I know a lot of people have this information, so maybe it is incorrect, <laughs> but um, Jalen Ramsey is top of their board. And then if he's not there, then Ezekiel Elliott is the, um, is the target. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey obviously fits what they want to do. I think that a lot of people are kind of getting caught up in trying to move him all around like a stretched out Tyron Matthew. But to me, he's at his best on the outside, one-on-one, using as a press corner, using that sideline for help. Yeah, not a, not really a short area quickness guy, right. in my opinion. I know that he had experience playing in the slot at Florida State, but I don't think that he's going to play in the slot in the NFL. I think, like you kind of alluded to, I think he'll be a, a boundary corner. Um, he's not going to play safety for them. So I, I'm with you on Jalen Ramsey at four. Speaking of Joey Bosa, do you think that teams are overanalyzing Hmm. Joey Bosa, you know, one of the most dominant college players for the last three seasons, really young, incredible agility scores. Right. Which was surprising, honestly, because who he is as a pass rusher, he's a straight line guy who converts explosion to power. He uses his hands to force his opponent off balance. And maybe there's some been there, but for someone that tested among the best in the three cone and short shuttle, I mean, I was expecting him to be a jumps tester in terms of his broad and vertical jump because mm-hmm. that's what um, explosion to power is. And a lot of people are trying to find a comparison with him. And to me, it's easy. The comparison is Preston Smith, who was a second round pick last year, who I had as a number. Yeah, and I had him nine as number, sacks. He had he had nine sacks. He, he 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 led rookies in sacks last year, and I had him as the number thirteen overall prospect in the draft. But somehow he falls uh, the second round. You know, you are so, so. smart, Josh. <laughs> um, but and and here's just quick one one last thing on Jalen Ramsey. I think the Chargers are in a great spot if they don't want to stick at three because I think every single team knows if they want Jalen Ramsey, they have to get ahead yeah. of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and they're field they're fielding trade the Chargers are fielding trade offers for sure. But uh, we got Buckner at three, we got Ramsey at four. So who's at five? Um, I have Joey Bosa here. Um, I, I think that the, he doesn't exactly fit the profile of the quote unquote Seattle defense that a lot of these teams are somewhat using. Um, mm-hmm. Of of the speed rusher on the outside that you line up wide, um, whose sole goal is to disrupt the backfield. But with how much the how often the Jaguars. Um, missed on free agent edge rushers this year. I think that they have to add pieces, even with Dante Fowler returning, or we don't know that what they're getting out of him. But Joey mm-hmm. Bosa would be another piece in that. And at the very least, he's an outstanding run defender. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he'd be a great high floor, maybe with underrated upside pick yeah. here at number five. And I think that the Jaguars would just look at him and be like, this is sweet. You know, we're, we're taking Joey Bosa. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, that I would love Miles Jack to go in this slot mm-hmm. in number five. And I think he fits exactly what they want to do with Jacksonville Jaguars. However, obviously, the medicals is a completely different conversation. And who knows which teams like him or, or, or keep him on the board, which teams put him on a sub board, which is dumb. And it's never going to happen that he's still available. So why not just remove him from your board? And then right. other teams who just remove him. But, I mean, Paul Puzzleson needed to be benched about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Jack would be great. Um, so, okay, we're in agreement with all five so far. Um, now, number six, Evan, who do you have with the Baltimore Ravens? Tunsil. 
Me too. Why? Because I think they'd love to cut Eugene Monroe. And I think that Ozzie, this will be the highest rated player on Ozzie Newsom's board Yeah. at this point. I mean, unless he is one of these teams that apparently is considering Ronnie Stanley over Tunsil. Um, but my sense is that Ozzie Newsom would go with Tunsil. Yeah. And I think Eugene Monroe only played in six games last year, then 11 the year before, and then 11 the year before that. Um, and they're paying him a good amount of money and it's a very cuttable contract. Um, and, and I think that Ozzie kind of got away from his mentality of, of building from the inside out last year with Brashad Perryman. And I think he'll go back to that um, in terms of building from the inside out this year with Laramie Tunsil. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, he's a powerful blocker, everything they want, and they lost a powerful blocker in Kelechi Assembly. Obviously not a left tackle, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, and their offensive line is to the point where two years ago you would have considered it a top three unit in the league. Right. Right now, it's about league average. Yeah. Um, they don't have a clear starter at left guard. Uh, their center, Zuta, is starting to get a little older. So is Yanda at right guard. And Ricky Wagner is in a contract year. Yeah. And like I said before, I think they'd love to part with Eugene Monroe and, and save some against the cap. So it just it makes a lot, a lot of sense. And if Tunsil goes off the board earlier, I could definitely see them looking at Stanley. Ryan Stanley. Okay, number seven, San Francisco 49ers. Um, in my mock draft, which is subject to change, um, I, I think that this is a great spot for a team to either trade up the 49ers because mm-hmm. they have so many picks um, or trade out because I think a team, I mean, it's amazing, but teams are calling and, and talking about Paxton Lynch. I'll tell you this, Paxton Lynch isn't going to the San Francisco 49ers um, who's staying there um, because they have, what I've heard is they have shown very, very little interest, very little communication since the NFL Combine. But, Evan, who do you have here with the 49ers? I have Ronnie Stanley. Okay. And I think that makes seven. a ton of sense. Yeah. And – but I, I don't know. You know, is Chip still the, the, the big ego guy who is going to mm. think that he can turn weak offensive players into studs through his scheme – and just devote this draft to defense, you know, mm-hmm. or a big chunk of it. I mean, the 49ers have 12 picks. They're going to pick some offensive players. But, um, you know, w- will they Will they, Will they? they go with a defender here? I think that that – I mean, they're, they're so needy that they're difficult to predict. I mean, right. Some of these really needy teams like San Francisco, like I think the Bears are really needy. Um, I think that they're kind of wild card teams. Yeah. And, and the thing with chip is if he gets his way, I don't think Stanley will be the pick because Mm -hmm. he really values athletic offensive linemen. And on the field, Mm -hmm. some people might say Ronnie Stanley was athletic, but as a tester, he absolutely wasn't. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. look at chip Kelly's offensive line at times with the Eagles, I mean, he had like three of the top five athletes in the in the NFL at his offensive line. I mean, it was... Yeah, Lane, Lane Johnson tested like a running a freak. back. And Evan, and Evan Mathis was kind of similar, even though he got yep. rid of him. But even the guys he put in there, like Alan Barbary, um, obviously yep. Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey's a great athlete too. Um, and, and if they do trade out to like, let's say 20 with, with the New York Jets, I think they have to go and get a playmaking wide receiver. Um, someone who can succeed after the catch in terms of like a timing offense and pick up yards um, on his own. And, I mean, to me, that screams Corey Coleman. Um, okay, number eight, Cleveland Browns, who were formerly at pick number two 
Um, Evan, where do you see the the Browns going? Man, you're giving me all the tough ones, Josh. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I I mean we know this team. Yeah. We know this prospect's going to be a bust. So just give us the bad news. <laughs> so if you gave me fifty fifty odds to um, bet whether the Browns would trade out, I would be all over them trading out. Interesting. Um, I, I mean, I think this team might trade Joe Thomas. I think this team will try to trade Josh McCown. I think that they will try to trade down from number eight. I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to make this pick. I have them. I have Laquan Treadwell mocked to them. Oh, wow. But I don't, but I don't think that they would take him at number eight. Okay. So, um, so you're just yeah. trying to mock a team and prospect association here. Exactly. Um, interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, this is such an interesting discussion with the Browns because Mm -hmm. the term analytics, I mean, I wonder what the over under is on Vegas for how many times it's going to be thrown around on draft night, you know? Um, and, and just not understood at all. I mean, Zach Whitman was on this podcast and just basically said the analytics is just trying to make an informative decision, like a better decision. Um, but, but it's this, this dirty word that, no one knows to explain him. And kind of what I'm hearing and, and what has been reported by other people is that they still don't know, like, exactly who's going to be making that decision come draft night. Um, like some, like, Q kind of thinks that he has his mentality made up or mind made up and the scouts don't know. And then blah, blah, blah. Who is it Paul D. Podesta? Is it Sashi Brown? Whatever, whatever. Um, but, I mean, just to get to my pick, Miles Jack, I think, would make a lot of sense here. Um Moving him around, blitzing him from all angles in that Ray Horton defense, I think would be a ton of fun. Um, but again, it goes back to the medicals, and who knows? I mean, I could see Miles Jack as a top five pick, and I could see him all the way in the 20s as well. Paul DePodesta recently came out and said that he is essentially going to use this as a learning year. Okay. He doesn't, he's learning about the NFL. He's right. relearning he's about guy. football. Yeah. He, he actually played football in college, I believe, at Harvard. Um, so that's, was his original love as a sport, but he, he doesn't know enough about the NFL yet. Yeah. You know? Um, so I mean, I really think that they're going to try to trade out Yeah, just at, at whenever they possibly can throughout this entire draft. The guy who is basically running their organization is learning about the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just going to continue to try to load up on draft picks. Right. And, and, and because they probably think that that's the best way to win is, and and the quote unquote analytics point to point to acquiring more draft picks. And that's how you have more darts and those types of things. But if, if I was to try to put myself in their shoes and try to um, guess at what um, studies they're looking at, it would also point to, um, not taking running backs in the top 10. So I think you right. might be able to rule out Ezekiel Elliott and then maybe not taking offensive linemen in the top 10 either. Like offensive line success might not equal wins in some studies as well. So, yeah. And I think that behind the scenes right now, you know, they're, they're trying to formulate models that will help them try to predict the future and predict how good these guys are going to be. I don't think they're ready to go on the clock and, and, and make tough decisions yet. Right. I, I, I really don't. But I, but I do think that Hugh will make certain that they come out of this draft with a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, because he's, I think he's he's going to be pretty much all in on RG three. Right. And he, I mean, you, you need somebody for RG three to throw to. And and just quickly, just just talking about 
um, draft room dynamics here. Um, I mean, I was lucky enough to be with one team in 2011 for one draft room. And even guys that agreed on the process, right, that had all these meetings, it gets really tense in there. Like, people start standing up two or three picks before yours. Coaches come walking in. Um, Someone has to take control in that moment and pick a certain player and say, this is our guy, this is our decision, and we're living with it. And so, like you're mentioning, like a lot of people are mentioning, is Hugh going to take that lead? Is Sashi going to take that lead? And are they going to agree on that? And 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 that's if, – if I could pick one draft room to be in, it would be the Browns just for that chaos that could ensue, yeah. um, especially with how many picks they have in this draft. Um, okay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number nine. Evan, what do you think? VH3. And I know that that's po- the popular mock pick. Right. But it just makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean – they the, the Bucks lined up for voluntary practices today. They were starting Brent Grimes and Altron Werner. Brent Grimes uh, is 33 years old. Was cut by the Dolphins. You know, was was bad in the second half of last year. Like looked done. Um, he he might come back and be fine this year. You know that that will happen sometimes. But he's a short term stopgap at best. Mm-hmm. And then Altron Werner. They benched repeatedly last season. They also benched Jonathan Banks repeatedly. So they know that they need a corner. Um, they were playing some undrafted rookie with like a, a hyphen in his last name. I, I can't even remember who, who it was, but I remember seeing that dude, you know, and I, I would see that he, he would be lined up across from receivers that I could use in fantasy. And I uh-huh. was like, oh, yeah, you know, licking my is, chops. Is this, is, is who you're talking about, Jude Ajay Berima? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <That guy. laughs> Never heard of him. Um, and what's interesting is, I mean, just a few off seasons ago, Alteron Werner, I mean, got a huge deal, but now it's the contract is absolutely cuttable. I mean, there's no guaranteed yeah. money in his deal after this year. Um, yeah, I mean, VH3, VH3 is the popular selection. Like you said, I think it makes sense. I think a lot of people have their evaluation clouded a bit of VH3 because of the big plays he gave up this year at times, which I'm not diminishing, but I think you look back to the 2014 season and he was outstanding. And like that talent didn't just disappear. I think he's a polished press man corner. And everyone talks about how athletic Jalen Ramsey is in this class at corner guys. Vern Hargreaves is the second most athletic corner in this draft, more athletic than 97% of NFL corners. Um, and, and I think he'd be a great selection, but I would say the dark horse here, Sheldon Rankins, um, I don't think the edge disruption, the edge pressure, the edge talent is very good in this draft after Joey Bosa and Shaq Lawson, but teams have questions on Shaq Lawson. So why not just feed more in the interior? And I think Rankins would offer that. Um, okay, number 10. This is a fascinating one to me because yeah. the, the Giants beat writers have thrown curveballs after curveballs to here for and, and really dem- – and, and thrown out kind of the popular opinion here. So Evan, who do you have with the Giants? Jordan Rainan from NJ.com. He's Adam Leviton's boy. They like grew up together. Oh, really? He, yeah. He, he thinks that. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 